i mate a hehu, kua ara a hehu, ka hoki mai anō a hehu kraiti. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Hena iwi o te motu, nau mai piki mai kake mai ki tēnei hotaka te ahikā, ko Maraia Rakrakua hau. Ko Justin Maria hau, this is Te Ahikā on Radio New Zealand National. Ko te tūmanako, kia pai ai te haerenga o enei rā o te aranga. We both hope you are enjoying your long Easter weekend. Coming up. Putting macrons, those are lines above vowels on kupu Māori, that drag out the vowel sound, are vital. As two words can be written the same way, but with a macron can mean something different. So, for example, ata, with the first A macronised, means slow, where ata, with no macronising on the first A, means morning. Now, a software programme is taking all the thinking out of it. By recognising the context of a text, the macroniser automatically places macrons onto the word, and this is revolutionising how the Ministry of Justice is doing its mahi. This tool identifies which words to macronise and switches all those double vowels and non, uh, non-macronised words into macronised words. The biggest news for Catholic Māori, and in fact any Catholics so far, has been the appointment of the new Pope, Pope Francis. He was elected to the office after Pope Benedict XVI resigned from the post, the first Pope in 600 years to do so. No doubt this will be the topic of many a discussion at the annual Catholic Māori Easter celebrations Hui Aranga in Hawera this year. Imagine the first Hui Aranga was held in at Pukekaka in Motaki. Well, that was held on a, on a little marae. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was just 250 over 200 people at that Hui. Mm-hmm. First Hui. And they lived in tents with hay on the ground for mattresses. Well, you know, 66 years later, they're up here in Haora. Uh, they sleep in the classrooms of the they sleep in the classrooms of the high school here, and all the kapahaka and performances uh, are done in a, in a in a stadium. That's what's coming up in tonight's edition of Te Ahika. Te Ahika. Radio New Zealand National Easter is a major date in the Christian calendar with the crucifixion and then resurrection of Jesus Christ and it's a time when Catholic Māori gather on mass. Hawera, Kairaruite Maunga o Taranaki near Taranaki Mountain is this year's venue. And for the past 60 years or so, Te Hui Aranga has been held at various locations throughout the Motu. In our archival segment, Nga Tonga Kōrero, we're heading back to 1972, where the venue was Pōrerua. Raurangatirama o ngā hau e whā, haere mai, haere mai, nau mai. Haere mai ki runga i tēnei marae o takupuāhia. Mauria mai ngā pare kawakawa o ngā marae. Mauria mai te aroha me te whakaaro o tō tātou iwi. Haere mai, haere mai, nau mai. I'm pleased to be here particularly since I have an apology to make to all of you for not being at Christchurch last year. It's a funny thing with me and my programme that so often the invitations to Māori functions come in rather late. That one came in just a few days beforehand and arranging the plane travel disenabled me from attending and I do apologise. I would have wanted to have been there. I think the Māori Catholic community is very lucky because it is well served with social workers. I speak from experience as a social worker who worked in Māori affairs when at least twice a year Reverend Father Wall would call for me in his little VW car and take me to every Catholic 
school where there were Maori pupils in the area which I then worked in as Maori welfare officer in Ikaroa. And it was because of those years visiting church schools that I became a supporter of this aspect of our education. From the practical experience of seeing the quality of tuition that was given to our Maori children in our church, independent church schools. So I stand unashamedly to support this, these schools whenever the issue arises, controversial though it may be. And these thoughts I wanted to share with you this morning before I left, and incidentally to say that among the social workers I worked with, nobody was more energetic than Father Wall. I'm sure many of you will agree with me there. So I would join with all the other speakers and join my elder of Ngati Toa, to which tribe I also trace a direct affinity myself. I join with him in welcoming you all here, and I hope you can pool your wisdom and collective thoughts in the discussions that you have in thinking out ideas where we could contribute to the further progressive development of our people. Noreira, Erorangatirama, Tewi, Naumai, Naumai, Hairemai, Kaora. Tēnā koutou e ngā, ngā iwi katoa kua tatu mai nei tēnei ata. E te ata nei, ka tua kei au hei māngai mō te mini te Māori. Kei te mohi o e tahi o koutou kua haere kia ia ki te tahi hui. E tū mai rā i o tautahi i te Waipounamu, a rā te hui o te 28th Māori Battalion. Nō reira kua haere mai a hau hei māngai mōna. Kia, kia mihi ai, a hau ki a koutou, kua tatu mai nei tēnei rā. Nō reira, haere mai, haere mai, haere mai ki te upuko o teika. Haere mai ki te whanganui ātara. Haere mai ki te awarua o pōrirua. Ko te ingoa tika o tēnei takiwa, ko te awarua o pōrirua. Nō reira, haere mai, haere mai. Kā nui te koa o tōku ngā kau, kua tāi i au, te haere mai ki wāngarui a koutou i tēnei ata. Hei te moi o koutou, he mōkai kau anō a hau. Nō reira, he poto te kakau o te paipa, kei muri a hau ngā manu nunui. Nō reira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Annually, the Huiaranga has become one of the most notable occasions in the program of Catholic life in New Zealand. I see it as an event that all at once is religious and social, pastoral and educational. Perhaps above all, it is the living expression of happy community that is high among the proud and priceless possessions of the Maori people. The gathering of so many hundreds of men and women, boys and girls from all over New Zealand is to me a sign of precious unity of blood and culture, a sign of strength of faith in Christ and his church, a sign of loyalty to Christian ideals of life and conduct. But my wish for you is that the Huiaranga should not only be a sign of these values, but that it should foster them and deepen them and increase them in yourselves and inspire you to share them with others, Maori and Pākehā, alike throughout our land. How can this be done? 
Surely this, first of all, is a pastoral problem. It has, from time to time, been studied at various levels, and pride of place among these studies must go to Dr. Arbuckle's recent work entitled The Maori and the Church, subtitled A Survey of the Maorist Maori Mission in the Archdiocese of Wellington. It is, in fact, more than a survey. It is a blueprint for action that must be taken, and its principles must be widely known and applied. Here and now I underline only one of them, but it is absolutely fundamental. The basis of pastoral work among our Maori people must be broadened to include as many Maori and Pākehā as possible, priests, religious and layfolk, all concerned, all involved, not leaving the initiative in pastoral work solely to the Maori missioners or the Maori priests and religious. Here in Wellington, you have the Maorist Maori Mission, in Auckland, the Mill Hill Maori Mission, in Christchurch, the Diocesan Maori Mission, and so on. We pay due tribute to the inspiration and the dedication of the missioners, their lives and their work. But with them, we must recognize the fact that this is not enough, that this must be a New Zealand-wide effort drawing on the resources of the whole Catholic community. You heard Fitzy Tirikatine Sullivan, Jock McEwen, and Bishop Sneddon from Te Hui Aranga, held in Porirua, 1972. And the wire at the end of that corridor was recorded at Hui Aranga in Huanganui, 1969. This is Tiahika on Radio New Zealand National. I'm Justine Murray. To get in touch with us, you can send us an email. Tiahika at radioNZ.co.nz. And I'm Mariah Rakraku. You can always Facebook us. Just search Tiahika. Easy as. Macronising Kupu Māori has become something of a recent phenomenon, but absolutely necessary as Te Reo Māori shifts, changes and adapts. And it's a government department that's leading the way. So if you were to describe that, we're looking at a, a screen right now and it looks like there's a, what do you call that, this here? There's basically, um, it's, it's a very minimal um, uncluttered screen and you've got a large text box that takes up more than half of the screen. And it says uh, to here in our so that's right in, right in the text? Right. So basically what happens is that any passage of text that you're gonna, you can either type straight into it or you can copy a piece of text from somewhere else, which is often what happens um, if we are transcribing into another document, say a Word document, we'll copy. This is right, isn't it, Liz? Okay. Liz is the expert. Um, we'll, we'll take a um, passage into Rio without any macrons, um, paste it into the text box, and what you end up with because of how it's configured behind the scenes, is automatic, as it were, macronization of the text. Is that right, Liz? Yes. Yeah. So you can get any text from anywhere yes. and put it in here? Yes. In te reo Māori. So you can put type some text in there. You click on that tāpiri tūhono. Now, Liz, did you translate all of this in te reo Māori, the sexual screensaver? 
So I'm guessing this whole thing needed to be recreated, or has it just been translated from the English? No, no. What happens is everything in Te Reo Māori has to go through the macroniser. Otherwise, we'll be here all year. But who built the macroniser? Okay, the, the macroniser was built by um, a, a student at the Waikato University doing his masters, and he was over. Uh, he was supervised by a um, Dr. Keegan from Waikato University. But what I'm talking about is this actual thing here. They made the that. The framework. That they made that. And did they make that specifically for the Ministry of Justice? No, it's free, it's online, and anyone can use it. Oh, so it's this actual thing here. They, they set up the machinery and then created the this mechanism is, to read it. This is like an interface? It's called a macroniser. Yeah. 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 This is like an interface, so there's been some... A lot of programming has gone on and a lot of research has gone on behind the scenes which will enable macronisation to take place based on context of the surrounding words. So this is the academic work that was done behind the scenes. Okay. This interface, in a sense, translates the unmacronized um, Māori text into macronized Māori text. And this is the interface by which it does it. You feed in um, one thing and it turns it into a macronized version of itself. So could we see an example then? Sure. This is a piece of text that Liz sent to me just before the interview. Mm. It contains no macrons. Mm. And you can see there, when there's a double, oh, a double nor, nor, the word nor, when I do this, tāpiritūhono, it puts the macroniser on. Macronizes right. those double vowels. Because back in the the day, some people or whoever's gone through the text has ended up double voweling at some stage. Yeah. Well, in, at, at the hearing, some councils use in their briefs double vowels, and some just don't use any macrons whatsoever. So it's just Maori words without macrons. So this tool identifies which words to macronize and switches all those double vowels and non-macronized uh, non words into macronized words. So what year of... Very accurate. Oh. Mm. Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, honestly, I can't praise this tool enough. It's just brilliant. Mm. So what year of data are we talking so can it go right back? It can go right back. Any data that from you have... As soon as records started getting kept? Absolutely. It can switch it, it can correct it, and then macronise the words. And I'm guessing it does it right up until this day and age, in which case, what does it do about new words? New words? How does it... Does it highlight them if it's words that aren't actually in the dictionary, or...? It understands phrases, so if there were phrases correctly <laughs> said in Māori, it will, it will macronise the, the words that needs macronising. So, Liz, mm. are you going through various documentation and, I mean, I'm guessing, updating it? Well, I'm working on the Te Rohe Pōtai mm. hearing at the moment. Right. And I think there's about 80% Māori in it. So all that Māori trans... All the words that we have tra transcribed in Te Reo Māori, we, we, got two, uh, we got another person who goes, and I'm the court reporter, so I'll do all the transcribing. Somebody else comes behind me, merges the document, and then goes in and cuts what I've done puts it in the macroniser and then back in, paste it back in. Prior to that, did you have to, as you were transcribing, macronise? Yes. <laughs> and then uh, were there, well, did the Ministry of Justice purchase a programme, because you can do this, or you go through Word and you go into the symbol and then you macronise that way? Is it the latter? Sorry? 
you go into word, you go into symbol, yes, and you macronize yes. it. It's quite painstaking yep. going painstaking. through every. What I did before I started doing Waitangi Tribunal, Waitangi Tribunal has a. Uh, a, a large percentage in te reo. It could be 40, 60, it could be 80, 20. It depends how many fluent speakers there are. Right. And if there's a lot of kaimatu, a guarantee you're going to have a lot of um, uh, te reo in it. So... Did you have to uh, figure out own. your own ways had, of macronising prior had, to this tool? Yes, I had to create... For the high-frequency te reo Māori words, I had to create auto-texting. So that which is just going through all the high-frequency words. I would uh, scroll through... Like Pākehā or Māori? Māori. I, I would scroll through um, uh, Waitangi Tribunal cases and look through it and then just look for high frequency words so that's what I did before this before we knew about this so high frequency word um, Liz could then be I or those Māori I only Māori no no like a word could be Māori or Pākehā, Pākehā. Like I'm just talking thinking about yes. high frequency so tēnā koe Māori Pākehā oh, if you were doing the tūhoi hearing tūhoi I tūhoi so just to clarify, this is this is doing it for individual words rather than being able to macronize individual letters. Is that right? So you'd have to auto-correct a particular word yes. rather than be able to insert a macronized letter when you need one. So I understand. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's what I was doing before I gotcha. they, we found this. I was going through in my spare time and creating my own, my own high-frequency words. And then I think Lyle came up with this. Someone suggested trying this tool, and it's brilliant. Now I just don't worry. I just <laughs> go for it. So it was a very labour-intensive thing, mm. as I recall it. Yeah. Mm. And so what has it done in terms of your workload? Has it, I guess it's revolutionised it. Well, this is the first time really we've done, uh, I would call it huge cases, mm -hmm. like Te It's huge. Mm -hmm. And the workload is huge, but it's not so daunting anymore because of this. Now, you're a Te Reo Māori language speaker. Mm -hmm. Could somebody who doesn't necessarily speak Te Reo be able to use this tool? Absolutely. If you feed it the um, um, te reo and, and it understands the phrase, it'll do it. So what's an example of understanding the phrase? <laughs> well, there are some people that have very little te reo and they may say a, a phrase, which is not quite right. The macronizer will think twice about macronizing the words because it doesn't make sense. So could you give us an example, Liz? Oh. Mo mm. and Mo, for example. You have to, to have the right phrase for it to understand whether to put a macronized A in there. Because the key is that if a word doesn't have a macron, um, and we see examples of this everywhere, it can the the, the meaning of that word is changes is Absolutely. different with a macron or without a macron. Absolutely, so spelled you see a lot the same way: one with a macron, one without a macron. So the phrase has to make sense to the macroniser, otherwise it will leave it. And how does it show you that? I mean, does it highlight that passage? Does it? No, it just won't touch it. It won't macronize the words because it's not making any sense to it because of the incorrect usage of that word, mo or ma. So just going back example. to someone who doesn't, who whose first language isn't Te Reo Māori, so it would still be possible for something to get get through that may not necessarily be right. Yes, yes, very, a very small percentage though, I would say. Mm. Now, is it likely, David, that this software will be used to go back and start reformatting a whole lot of historical documents? It certainly could, it certainly could be. Um, we're 
taking on an increasing amount of uh, Māori transcription now. Um, Liz was actually the first court reporter hired um, with Te Reo transcription in mind. Um, there's now a recruitment drive that will be um, implemented shortly where we're expecting another half a dozen um, you know, specialist um, Tereo transcribers. That will be the bulk of what they will do, which is an inversion of what's typically been the case. So there's a demand for that kind of work? There is, there is. Um, we haven't, to my knowledge, um, been approached to do um, historical work, but it's certainly a possibility in the case of um, in the case of appeals and things like that, where they might want um, they might want things that haven't yet been transcribed historical, as it were, historical documents. Yes. What about um, are you noticing that there's dialectal things starting to come through? Mm. Made up words. Yeah, no. I was talking to my friend just uh, the other week and I asked her how many dialects are there and she said there are three main dialects and then and then um, northern, uh, southern and central northern I think and then in those areas there's also dialects. As you know even with Tuhoe there's slight dialects with Tuhoe. They have their own little dialects as well. So there's dialects within um, um, hapu or iwi. I suspect that... It's a challenge. That's a challenge for me. And um, Because in a way it would be like standardising the real way if you were to remove... Dialectal difference, which is what can de define a people. Mm. Mm. Like with Tirohipote, there are, well, there are, uh, there's two faretoa, there's, there's uh, uh, Tainui, there's uh, Whanganui, there's, and these are big iwi. Mm. So you have all these dialects in there, which one do I use? So, yeah, I had, um, one person come back and say to use tūpuna instead of tipuna. Yeah, that's we need to talk more yeah. about that to mm. to my. That's a, very, that's a very live issue. That one on absolutely. I actually remember asking Liz that question when I interviewed her. Mm. <laughs> it was mm. we're some years down the track, and that's still very much a live one. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I'm also guessing with the documentation that you're seeing, the historical stuff that you're seeing, you are probably more than likely have noticed a change in the deal, just oh, in yes. terms of the use of certain kupu, mm. uh, the, maybe even the meter. Yes. I'm a, I'm a native speaker. I, I grew up with uh, te reo as my first language, so... Definitely, there's a difference. How exciting! It Isn't is it exciting, exciting going through all the, just all of I it. I actually enjoy it. I really, really do. Could be challenging, but I still enjoy it. And you get to be around the deal all day. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I can give back mm. to my culture. This is how I used to think. How am I going to give back to my culture? This is how I can give back. I'm transcribing legal documents, really, confidential. Um, yeah, and I feel good about it, that I'm giving back. And what about now you have, you know, there are structures within Aotearoa, you've got kids coming through Kohana Reo, Kura Kaupapa, inevitably many of, some of those tamariki are ending up within the court system. Are they choosing to have their hearings in Te Reo Māori? There was a case up north, uh, a court hearing, and I was asked to trans transcribe it because the person wanted it to speak in te reo. Mm. And, and the judge then, who was also Māori, wasn't prepared but agreed. So after that, 
they had to look for someone to transcribe um, the hearing, and I and I did. It doesn't it doesn't happen often, but we no. are starting to see it um, mm. in, as it were, non-specialised um, Maori courts, quote unquote. We're, so we're seeing it in the criminal jurisdiction. That would have been unheard yes. of five years ago when I started this job. The, the occasions were zero. Um, probably in the past 12 months, Liz, it's happened. Mm. Three, and I, would, three, I, four I would say it would, it would grow. Mm. Mm. Well, because more and more tamariki are coming through yes. as first language speakers. Yes. And inevitably, some will end up in the court system. Mm-hmm. So there will be that need for it. Mm. I think Kohangaru started in the eighties. My baby, my eldest child, was one of the one of those foundation foundational Kohangaru kids when it started. And nineteen um, eighties, in the nineteen eighties, it started. So they are out there now, mm. you know. Mm. Now, how many Maori transcribers are there? That's actually a little bit, little bit more complicated, perhaps, than it sounds. We've we've done we've done some surveys um, within our own organisation, and there's, as you can probably imagine, um, varying degrees of competency and um, comfort. Um, Liz is at one end of the spectrum, and there's the reasonably familiar, reasonably competent at the other end of the spectrum. Um, in terms of comfort level with the current hearing um, that Liz is doing at the moment, uh, which is about 80%, Tereo, as I understand it. Um, there's probably only two court reporters um, in our organisation that are comfortable with that level. Um, in other, say, um, Waitangi Tribunal, Māori Land Court matters, that might only be 25% Tereo content because there's a lot of English, they're quite comfortable with those hearings. Having said that, um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we have a recruitment drive to um, to obtain more court reporters, ideally with Liz's level of um, competency, but that uh, remains to be seen. It's, 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 a, <laughs> it's a very rare skill, so we're hoping to, we're hoping to find some. Now, at the moment, this is a tool that's um, on a desktop. I mean, things are advancing so so fast. Could you get to a stage where somebody could just be reading it and, and it's just doing it as you go? That's, that's a wider question. Um, that's going to take into account um, voice recognition software. Mm. Voice recognition software is, is and has been trialled uh, reasonably unsuccessfully in English. Um, the quick and dirty version of why is that it has to be, um, you have to train the software to be able to respond to individual speakers, and individual ways of speaking and an inflection. So even though a machine, for want of a better description, is doing the macronizing, you still require the human interface to check it through? Arguably on both sides, so it needs to have been recorded properly in text in the first place and then checked on the other side. Yeah, it's only as good as what's fed into it, really. Right. Um, I'm also guessing there it would have been, you have seen Māori, kupu Māori drop off through their disuse, or they're no longer, um, they're no longer used. In the Waitangi Tribunal, it's beautiful. You hear these kaimatua talking, and it's the language that that native language that comes out. It is absolutely beautiful. Aye. It's all there. Lucky you. I know. <laughs> it's, it's great to see as um, Liz's boss because she, when she's doing this stuff, she's drained. It's it's tiring and it takes a lot of, I think, mental effort. Because she's often doing the, she's doing Tereo and then translating it into English as well, or doing an English component. So it's, it's hard work, but she's glowing um, at the end of mm. it and when she's doing it. It's fantastic. So Liz, this is your, this is this is the job that Liz does every day. 
I was employed as a court reporter nearly three years ago. Last year I, I started Te Reo, really. I mean, uh, and not just Te Reo um, phrases, but with the, uh, with the Waitangi Tribunal, it's huge amounts of Te Reo. And so I started actually, uh, I trained in the, as a court reporter in English, but now I'm doing bilingual. When Liz was hired three or some years ago, um, we had an idea that we would be um, incorporating uh, transcription requirements in Waitangi Tribunal Māori Land Court at some point in the future. So it was kind of a you know, twinkling in the eye at that point. Mm. Liz was hired with that in mind, but we didn't have the demand at the time. So Liz kind of had an extended period of training in standard court reporting, so the criminal jurisdictions and other ones. And finally now, over the past 12 months, that demand for um, trio transcription is starting to really... Pick up. Yeah, big yeah. time. And the macroniser is really helping that along? Hugely. I will not work without the macroniser. That's how dependent I am on it. It's brilliant. So good work. The young fellow who designed it, eh? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic achievement. Kia ora, ko Liz Fletcher tōku inua, ko tūhoi te iwi, ko taiarehia te maunga, ko oine mataroa te awa, uh, ko rua toki te rohe. Tēnā koe. My name is Dave Hudson. I'm a resident of Auckland, um, team leader for National Transcription Service Court Reporters um, for Auckland District Court and Whangarei District Court. Every year, Morehu, that's the name given to Ratana followers, gather at the par about February each year to celebrate the birthday of the founder of the faith, Tahu Pōtiki Wirimu Ratana. And while there are days of worship and prayer, you'll get blown away by the talents of some of the young ones there. There's kapahaka, talent quests, sports competitions, discos. It's a lot of fun. And I tell you, New Zealand got talent scouts. You need to scope out Ratana. Aida, and that scene of physical and spiritual fellowship is what also occurs at Te Hui Aranga, the gathering of Catholic, both Māori and non-Māori, every year, which this year is in Hawera. South Taranaki Kaumatua, Hinare Ngaia. Uh, the Hui Aranga is held in the beautiful town of, of Hawira this year. Why why Hawira? Oh my dear. Uh, you know the first Hui the first Hui was held in 1946, in a, in a little marae in a place called Otaki. The marae was Pukekaraka, and their whare down there, the whare on their marae is Hine Nui o Te Aokato. And um, 47, it was there again. And every year since, up till now, that hui has been held in, held in different marae all over the country because the people wanted to host it. And so for 66 years, this uh, hui has been taking place every Easter uh, at some place all over the country, you know, from from Kaikohe in mm. the north to uh, Christchurch in the south, uh, Hawke Bay, uh, Wellington, coming up uh, Manawatu, Wananui, Taranaki, Tauranga. Uh, so it's held wherever the people want to hold it. At the end of this week, we will know who's going to host it next year, or else already they're, they're already the hui has been uh, processed for several huis in the future. For argument's sake, this hui this time, yes. uh, it was uh, uh, prophesied uh, how many uh, seven years ago that this hui would be here, 
and and so this is the last of that seven years, and and at this we, uh, it will be it will be sent out again to the people who want to hold the, the year for the coming years. You know, so so I mean next year we know where it'll be, but uh, we may just have other people who want to tono who want to send for it as well. So uh, we we have a, a a governing body. Yes. This hui. And uh, it's, it's uh, called uh, the Konihira Matua o te, o te Hahi Katurika, I think, something like that. What's your role within that um, group, Hinare? Are you actively a, a, a member? Well, yes, I've been, I've been a, a sort of a member for, for a few years here. Um, just in my readings um, about Tahui Aranga, it's the gathering of the resurrection. That's the term that's been attached to what this kaupapa is about. Is that what it is about for, for Māori Catholic and, and non-Māori Catholic? The kaupapa is akapono, belief. Belief in uh, our belief. And and because it's, it's held at, at during the Easter period when the, the kaupapa is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's as easy as that. Because it's at this particular time of the year, uh, way back way back a couple of thousand years ago, is when this thing happened. Uh, and so the subject matter is very simple. It's simply uh, uh, it has to to do with the death and resurrection of Christ. And all the, the presentations that will take place over the over this Easter period here in Hawara, included in every day, is a church service which commemorates that particular day in the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. In the life of Christ. On Thursday evening... When the hui starts, there will be a, a church service commemorating uh, the Last Supper. Yes, the Last Supper. Uh, the Last Supper, and really, in there is a, is a, in that particular uh, service, uh, the humility of Jesus Christ is recognised when he when he said when he sat down and washed the feet of his apostles. And, and I suppose that's the, the general subject of that service. On Friday, the next day, will be the Passion Play. Uh, the Passion is when Jesus was put to trial. And at the end of that trial, he was crucified on Mount Calvary on his cross. And on Saturday, a service for Saturday is basically a, ser- a service of pe- people waiting Waiting uh, for the next for the for the next step, and that that's on Saturday. Saturday. On Sunday, Sunday is the day of the resurrection. Sunday is the day that particular service will take place. Although worship and fellowship forms the foundation of Hui Aranga, there are many activities held over the four days, which include kapahaka and sports competitions. This year's hosts is the Catholic Taranaki Club, Tiaro Kuku. As is tradition, earlier today, the dozen or so clubs from around Aotearoa represented their region. There'll be a procession of all the clubs this procession will be, would, will include uh, all the, the juniors, the midgets, the seniors, in uh, their regalia, in the club regalia, and their uniforms, and we will see them proceed in procession uh, and gather together. Uh, and there you will see the beauty and the, the beauty of every every club. You know, they dress up and. Uh, they carry their banner, the banner of their particular, their, with their title. On Saturday, there's also another procession, but it's basically called a parade, where where there is a, a, a gathering of the whole of the uh, the sports clubs, the sports teams of each one of these clubs. They will be dressed in their particular 
gear for their sport, their football jerseys, their uh, netball uh, attire, their tennis gear. The sports teams of each club will will proceed. They do a, a, around uh, around. The, uh, they do a big circuit, music, music, marching. They do all that sort of stuff. The cope up is simple, you know, like your your action song, your haka, your poi, your wayata, your your uh, your your sacred solo, your your call hymn piece, your fight corridors. Uh, we have a sacred quiz. It's it's simple. That's a cope up us. The subject matter will be uh, very very uh, very Christian like. It'll be to do with scripture, and it'll, it can be to do with the life of Christ. Uh, it's a copapa of of belief, and 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 really, uh, the waka that carries this copapa is the Maori people. Those are the two important things, feel my dear, about this copapa. It's belief, and carried it's carried by the Maori people. Sixty-six years ago, that yes. was. That it started then. Those clubs from very from the various come knowing quite well what what their the laws and regulations are. Mm. They all know what what takes place and what what are the things and um, and you know you know the way you know what uh, believe it or not Maori uh, these Kapahaka group perform better when there are prizes available <laughs> like. Places per second, uh, they perform better because there's there's a place to be gained. So we do. We have we have shields and trophies and cups to present uh, to the various uh, clubs whom the judges think have fitted that, that particular level of, of performance. So it's like a friendly yeah. competition. Yep, for all the competitions we have. Where are the activities being held? Where are where are oh, the sports tournaments? Oh, no. and that's a lovely question because imagine the first Huiana was held in at Pukekaka in, in Motaki. Well, that was held on a on a little marae, mm. uh, and there was just two hundred and fifty over two hundred people at that hui, mm-hmm. first hui, and they lived in tents with hay on the ground for mattresses. Well, you know, sixty six years later, they're up here. In Haura, uh, they sleep in the classrooms of the they sleep in the classrooms of the high school here, and all the kapahaka and performances uh, are done in a, in, a, in a stadium right here next door to the high school here in Haura. Mm. Everything will be done there, and all the sports fields, of course, are all around us. Most of the venues now, since 1965, have been held where there are high schools, we, where we can sleep the clubs in the classrooms and they can do their performances in a school gym or in a big tent. And uh, so, you know, our marais now are just ain't big enough, my dear, to, to cater for our hui. Um, Henare, how many hui aranga have you attended? Well, <laughs> I... I <laughs> Were you at the first I, one? I, my, my first one was around about 19... 50, yeah, 1950. So it started in 1946. About 1950 was my first one. Yeah, I beat most of them after that. (laughs) There's only one person, one person who's been to the lot. And and he's from from Waipatu, one of our clubs from over the East Coast, over from over in Hawke's Bay. Uh, Jim Ponapa has been to all the hui's, and, uh, and he's the only one that I know that has uh, has done that. So uh, I'm just lucky that I've been to all the ones that I've got to, you know. So Henare, this um, does the hui wrap up tonight, Sunday, or tomorrow, Monday? Monday morning. Monday morning. Monday morning, people will rise, um, pick up their gear, Pack it away in their in their buses and whatever. We will have they will have breakfast, and then we will have uh, a Puruaki, a farewell session, uh, which normally takes a place around about nine ish nine in the morning, 
and uh, in that in that pohiri, my dear, we we will ask the home people. We will farewell all the clubs, and of course, we will know who's going to take the hui next year, and they will take with them the Modi of our hui. We have a Modi, the Immaculate Conception of the Virgin Mary. We have a statue of her, and she is actually the Modi, the life principle of the Huyara. She will go and be in uh, in the hosting area for a year till the Hui takes place, and they will pass it on to the next host. That what ha- that's what happens on Monday morning. We will farewell the people, and the, and the, the Maori of our Hui will go to our to our next year's host. Kia ora, Henare Naya. We've posted up some links about the Hui Aranga. You'll find them at radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. And here he is again with this week's Fakatoki. Next week, Rim De Paul cut his teeth in the music business with the show band The Māori Quintikis in Australia, but these days he's working on other projects. One included a collaboration with the Utes. I catch up with them at the rehearsal for WOMED. And I'm reporting back from Te Huiahurea Tuhoi and the signing of the Deeds of Settlement that ends years of hearings, reports and raru raru, supposedly. He mihi tēnei kia tātou katoa ngā kai whakarongo. Stay safe on the roads this Easter break. He mihi anō ki ngā kai rā wiki wiki mihini. Hoki mai hei tērā rā tapu. Mai te whanua te ahi kā kia tātou katoa. Maori ora.